Welcome to Emerge City Now podcast. It's our mission at East City to see lives changed one person, one block, and one city at a time. We pray this podcast impacts your life so that you can emerge to who God has created you to be. Hey everybody, grace and peace. Um, my name is Prophet Briggs. I'm coming to you um, to bring the word. I'm grateful um, that the visionary uh, Prophet Devon has um, so fit to allow me to come and bring forth the word to you guys um, and also allow me to use his office. So I'm grateful um, that I'm able to be here and break the word to you guys. Uh, thank Brother Jamel for the prayer. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. We're going to a familiar passage of scripture. Um, John 11, I know it's been preached time and time again, but I think it's befitting for this topic emerge and also uh, for what we are facing in 2020. I'm going to be jumping around a bit through the verses, um, so just bear with me, but I promise it'll make sense um, as we continue to get through to the word. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. But when Jesus heard about, about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said only a few days ago, the, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you, gonna, are you going there again? Jesus replied, there were 12 hours of daylight during the day. And during the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is a danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then, said, then, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will get better soon. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant he had died. So he, plain, he then plainly said, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you'll really believe. Come, let's go see him. We're gonna jump down to verse 22. And it says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Let's jump down again to verse 33. And he said, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived to the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across this entrance. And he said, and roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man, the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell was terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you? you would see the glory, you would see God's glory if you believe. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. 
He said, you always hear me, but but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing there, so they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes and his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Uh, this is a very familiar passage of scripture that we always um, hear throughout churches all across America, but I believe that this scripture speaks definitely to our situations in 2020. Um, and then we're going to jump right into the word. Um, if you stay with me for a while, I'll walk through this text and I'll understand why, and you'll understand why I entitled this Emerge. Emerge, to set the precedent, let's first look at the definition of emerge. Emerge means to come out, to come out of or away from something and, and come into view. Another def definition is to become apparent, important, or prominent. And the last definition I would like to use is to recover from the is to recover from or survive a difficult or demanding situation. And we'll walk through this text to give some in, to, but I just want to give a little bit of introduction um, before I dive into the topic. So we so again the story goes: a man named Lazarus was sick. Lazarus, as you read further through the text, you see that he was a friend of Jesus and also the brother of Mary. And um, Mary, which I like to say was the one that was possessed and Jesus actually delivered the demons out of her. And I say this because, it, again, it'll make a little bit more sense as we go through the, through the sermon. There was a word sent to Jesus that the sickness will not be unto death. It happened so that God could get the glory. Then they said Jesus stayed where he was two more days, even though he loved the three. If we even take a moment right there and look at his response to this, Jesus, Jesus, we understood this is now another circumstance that presents an opportunity for God to get the glory. Throughout this time, Jesus was performing miracle after miracle. But I believe Jesus didn't hurry to this miracle because it represented what he would later conquer. Can I present a question here? What happens when Jesus uses a close-hearted circumstance to now insert a way for God to get glory? What happens when Jesus just brought you out of something and allows you to go through something again? You pray and you petition for help, but he delays his response. Just let that, let that, let those questions marinate with you as we continue to go further. And we'll get back to that. So as the story goes on, we see that Jesus now decides to go back to Judea. And if you follow the scripture preceding this, you'll uh, the, the chapters preceding this in John, you'll understand that the Jews were looking to stone Jesus and kill him. Um, and they, they, they wanted Jesus dead. It was because he was a disruptor. He came and he was changing culture. He came and, and the religious, religious leaders felt threatened because their title no longer mattered. And I'm, I'm talking to some disruptors even today. Um, there's a lot of the, the people are looking to kill your spirit and looking to kill um, your, 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 your vision. They're looking to kill your dreams because you are called to disrupt, disrupt something that has uh, been in place for too long and it needs to come down. So there was, there, were, uh, there was no need for titles when Jesus came on the scene. There was no need for religious traditions and old teachings when the one who, who we taught about the one who you thought you was teaching about was now on the scene. I can even stay right here, but that is that is not even my message right now. But just type in the comments, my traditions don't matter if Jesus ain't in it. 
My title means nothing if Jesus isn't in it. This culture means nothing if Jesus isn't in it. And let's get back to the text. The disciples say, are you crazy, Jesus? If you go to Judea, they're going to stone you and they're going to kill you. And some of us found ourselves in a very in this very predicament, as I was just saying, where we had to now revisit things that nearly killed us. And we had to confront a thing that had the intention to take us out. Jesus, knowing that if he went back to Judea, that there was a chance of him being stoned and killed, also understood that it was not his appointed time to die. He knew what he was called for. He knew he, what he was. He knew what he why he was called, and he knew that his time that that he knew when he was to die, and he knew that it wasn't his time. If we look back at the verses before this, Jesus says it ha- this happened so that God can get the glory. A lot of us look at things that were supposed to take us out, and we don't understand what God has said about a certain situation. We look at these moments as if God has not already given us a promise that he would see us through it. I just have to take time and pause right here to help you recall the last few words that that God spoke over your life. Just because and just because the pandemic happened does not mean he reneged on his word. It's just that you have placed what you've been seeing on top of what God has said. And because somehow you're you've been seeing and I mean, sorry. And because somehow you don't see what he said, you think that what you see is unto death. You think that what what you see will kill you, will kill what he said. And I'm not just talking about natural death. I'm talking about a spiritual death, an emotional death, or a mental death. Here's where the title of the message comes in. I'm speaking to your spirit man, and I'm telling him now to emerge. I'm telling your spiritual eyes now to emerge. What you've been seeing is not going to overrule what God has said over your life. When you understand that there is an appointed time for what God has spoken over your life, you will rid yourself of the fear and anxiety and distraction of what you see. Someone type in the comments, my spirit will emerge. My faith will emerge. Yes, I know it seems contrary to what God has been saying, but it's building my faith. It's building your spirit. So just type real quick, I will emerge. Well, let's get back to the text. In verse 12, we see that Jesus takes a spiritual standpoint to explain to disciples that Lazarus has died. He says to them, Lazarus is sleeping. And if we understand, and if, if we understand from a spiritual context, we understand that when the dead in Christ die, they are simply asleep waiting for the day that he calls them. Because in the previous chapters in the book, even in John, uh, especially especially in John 3.16, it states that if we believe in him, that we will have everlasting life. Yet the disciples still look at it from a natural standpoint. How many of us even listening right now, how many of us found ourselves looking at life from a natural standpoint? How many of us been looking at what natural eyes see and living and living according to what we've been seeing? How many of us have been taking words spoken over our life? looking for a natural manifestation instead of seeing it in the spirit first. So now because they were looking at it from a natural standpoint, Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad I wasn't there because now you will really believe. What do you do when Jesus allows some things to die in your life? 
What do you do when he ends relationships that doesn't that doesn't immediately and doesn't immediately explain why? What do you do when he snatches something or someone away from you and tells you to keep moving? Let's look back to Mary and Martha. By this time, Lazarus was already dead. Can you imagine the thought process of these women and ask and and and, and also those who mourned with them? I can imagine them saying, I know he got the message but he still let him die. I, I know he loved Lazarus. They were good friends, but he didn't even, he didn't even come to heal him. I know he was capable of healing, of healing him because he's done it before. Why not do it right now? Right here, we see that Jesus has no respect of persons. There was nobody that can alter the time clock of God. A lot of us get caught up in our time and we want God to show up at a certain time when he has an alternate plan um, definitely different from what we think it should be. There's, there's even scriptures where it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. So we have to understand that we cannot change the time clock of God because we don't understand how God thinks and moves. I believe he delayed his visit to test their faith and their belief. They've confessed they believed he was the Messiah, but only seemed to have faith when he was there. But we know that faith deals with unseen, with what with, 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 with what is unseen and works our patience. As we continue the journey down the text, we now see that Jesus has now returned to Bethany. Upon arrival, he hears that Lazarus has been buried for four days and he's greeted by Martha first. Now, if we understand Martha, she did not sit at the feet of Jesus. She only heard of his teachings when he was in town or through the mouth of her sister, Mary. But yet Martha had a slight belief that if Jesus was there, Lazarus would have never died. He assured, he, he, he assured her that Lazarus will rise again. And she, she thinks that it's only gonna happen at the rapture at the end of time when everybody should rise. But then Jesus says in, in the verse 25 and 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me, believes in me, will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Let me speak a little, let me speak and prophesy to some things right here. Whatever seems dead in your life. Sorry, I'm trying to get my Whatever seems dead in your life whatever seems dead, whatever you think died, whatever God allowed to die in your life, if you live in Jesus let him and let him live in you, he has the say-so of what shall stay dead and what shall rise. He's the only one that can resurrect things that are dead. He's the only one. He says it in the scripture, I am the resurrection, I am the life, which means that whatever is dead in your life is because Jesus, in, Jesus isn't included in it. If Jesus is the life, whatever is dead does not have Jesus. If your faith is weary and is dying, it's because you have not, you have not placed Jesus as the resurrected at the center of your faith. You placed it on some things that dies daily, which is human beings. You've placed our faith in man because we see them and we can hear them. But the Bible says that our flesh dies daily. So if we're placing our faith, our faith in man who died daily, then whatever we are putting our faith in 
is 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 dying. Whatever we have, whatever whatever visions we have, if we're placing it only on man, is going to surely die because he they're not the life. Jesus is the life. And I even speak to some ailments in people's bodies that seem unto death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. You shall live and you shall not die. I speak even to the dying mindset of giving up in life and giving up on what God spoke into your life. He is the resurrection and he is the life. Put him at the throne of your mind. If Jesus is at the throne of your mind, your mind will live. It will not die. So now when Mary has seen Jesus, um, she fell at his feet. A posture, as we can see in the scripture, they say later on, she um, washed his feet with um, oil and dried it with her hair. So this is a posture that she will learn that she has to never leave again. I even speak to some people's postures right now. A lot of us have been in places um, and, and trying to pray the same type of prayer and pray in the same type of way, not giving God full um, full attention. And God is about to alter some postures so that the only thing you can look at is his feet. She, she fell at his feet and she weeped. And she uttered the same words of her sister. Lord, if you have been here, my brother would have not died. I just want to pause real quick. Mary, as you can see, her faith wavered because previous to, previous to this, before she became a disciple, she was battling with demons. And it was the same Jesus that delivered her from it. Yet her faith was altered because she, her faith was in the man and not his spirit, not what, not, not the life, not the rest, not the part that he was the resurrection and the life. She believed in just the man. And that's why she said, if you were here, he would have died. He would not have died. But if she would have believed in his spirit, maybe circumstances would have been different. And a lot of us believe that if Jesus, if, 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 if we believe in the man, if we believe in our, our, our pastors, I'm not disrespecting the pastors, but if you believe in that person, instead of believing in Jesus, that we believe that if they were there, that something else can change. But if they are not, if, if the center of their life isn't Jesus, there is no life that's going to be birthed into it. It's only going to be, again, you're putting your faith in something that is dying. So again, Mary fell to her feet and she weeped and and uttered the same words, Lord, if my if you have been here, my brother would not have died. And the Bible tells me that Jesus got angry here. For me, I see two reasons why he was angry. One was because he could not stand the, he could not stand the grip that death had over the human race and the pain that it brings and the fear and the anxiety that it brings. And two, because Mary, who had her own deliverance, as I just said from this man, who has walked with him, who has stayed attentive to his teaching and now full of fear and she lacked faith. He looks at her and now asks her, where is he buried? And some people right now, Jesus is asking, where have you buried your faith? Where have you buried your mindset? Where have you buried, where have you even buried me? Because you're not allowing me to put life, bring life back to you. So right here is a turning point. Because now Jesus comes face to face with something he will, he will now, he will have a bout with in the coming months. He stands face to face with death and the grave. He was set to earth as a beacon of life to speak to this dark and cold tomb. Yet Martha tries to tell Jesus who is life about the stench of death. And he responds with, 
didn't I tell you, you will see God's glory if you believe. And I hear the Lord saying, didn't I tell you I will do this if you believe? I see him at the tombs of the word spoken over your life. I see him at the tombs of your faith. I see him at the tombs of your spirit, man, saying, didn't I tell you if you believe? Didn't I tell you I'm the life? Didn't I tell you that I would deliver you? Didn't I tell you that I would transform your life? Didn't I tell you that you would live and not die? Didn't I tell you that vengeance is mine? Didn't I tell you I have plans for you since your mother's womb? Didn't I tell you I would do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think? So now just write in the comments, didn't I tell you? <laughs> Didn't I tell you? Some of us have to repeat that to ourselves, that Jesus did tell me. He told me this. He told me that my faith will live. He told me that my family members shall live. He told me that the words spoken of my life will come to pass and I will see it in the day of the living. He told me all of these things. Some of us need to re remind ourselves of that. Didn't I tell you, if you only believe, if you only believed in him, that you will see the glory of God. And uh, some of us just need to remind ourselves of those things. <clears throat> and right now, let's 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 walk the rest of the text because I can feel I feel a little bit feel a little help coming right now. But Jesus then calls Lazarus by his name. Why is this important? Because if he did not specify, everything dead would have came to life. Oh, I feel God right there. If Jesus did not specify and called Lazarus's name. Everything that was dead would have came to life. There were some things that are still dead in your life because you have not called it by name. You've been vaguely saying, oh, this is th these things are going to live, but you have not been pinpointing and calling these things by name. You have to speak to everything, speak to it by its name, call it by its name. Don't let, don't just, don't vaguely aim at things. Speak to it directly. My faith will live. My plan, my, my, the vision that God gave me will live. The things that God spoke into my life will live. We need to start speaking directly to these things. And as I, as I come now to a, a, a conclusion, I just want to bring back again the definition of emerge. The definition of emerge again was to move out or to move away from something and to, to make prominent and lastly to recover or survive a difficult or demanding situation. So now I speak that your spirit man will come out and come away from the grave. I, it's not strange. It's not strange that the, the visionary, he, he last spoke of caves, closets and coffins. And now I speak to your mind and I pull it from the tomb. I speak to every situation where you felt beat down and felt like you had no control and we pull it from the tomb. I speak to every, every situations that seem dying or you smell the stench on the situation that is in your life. And I speak that it's not going to die. I speak that you will remind yourself that if you believed in God, you will you will see the glory of God. And I speak that your faith now emerges. I speak that your spiritual eyes emerge, that your, your heart emerges in God. I speak that you will now kill the flesh and let the spirit man live. 
And as I close, I just want to say a brief word of prayer with you guys. Just And I hope this word was good. I hope, I hope you received something from it. Um, and let's just go into a brief word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for this time that we were able to walk this text. We was able to talk about what it is that you wanted us to speak about today. God, we thank you that the, the lives of the people that are watching this are now changed, oh God. We thank you that their spirit minds are now um, emerging. We thank you that they're no longer looking through the natural lens, but more so looking through their spiritual lenses. We thank you, oh God, that they shall emerge in their cities as a beacon of life. Thank you, oh God, that you've planted Jesus in the ground during his death, oh God, to birth out um, to birth out the sons and daughters of him that will also shine the light that Jesus um, had when he was on this earth. Jesus said, while he walked this earth, that greater works shall we do. So God, we thank you that these works are starting to emerge now. Thank you that there were willing vessels now coming from the tomb of what was spoken over their life. They're coming from the tombs now of the word curses that was spoken over their life that put them in a grave. God, we thank you, oh God, now that they're emerging out of these graves emerging from these word curses and now becoming the, the vessels and the, the people that you've called them to be. God, we, we worship you and we praise you, oh God. We thank you that these things are going to be done in your precious son's name. God, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Emerge City Now podcast. If you were blessed by this message today and would like to partner with us by way of giving, you can go to our website at www emergecity.org and click the give tab and sow your seed today we thank you for listening to emerge city now subscribe and share this message with someone as we take christ into culture